Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday night. That means we got some more news we got to go over. I'm over here still doing the social media thing. That usually happens when the intro's playing. But I'm doing it right now because I'm slacking. Anyways, I'm done. All right, so we got some machine news to go through tonight. Uh, yes, good. I'm glad y'all made it home safe. Uh, I wasn't sure that Stephen or... Yes, your, your, your husband, who's not named Stephen, was going to murder you after last night. It was a great time last night, uh, those who haven't seen it. Um, we didn't kiss alive. It was a great time. It was a lot of fun. So, tune in. Hello. Hey. And Florida has decided to fight back tonight. The weather is just, yes, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to get stroked by this flag all night. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, but we got a lot of news cover. Uh, California has decided to take a playbook out of, uh, or take one out of Texas's playbook. University of Tennessee. The University of Tennessee uh, still sucks at football. We're going to go through that. Uh, Fox is upset because of abortions again. And uh, strippers make bank. So we're going to go through all of that. Um, but we got to do the ad thing first because that's. Kind of what pays the bills, I guess. Sort of. Right. You can find us on all these platforms Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, leading veterans to Libertarian Solutions, leading Libertarian to Veteran Issues. I did it backwards because I can. I'm telling what to do. Uh, people over politics, people helping people. Donate today at callyouforky.com. That's T O L L, the number four dot. Uh, Whoa, I messed that all up. T-O-L-L-E-R, the number four, KY.com. That's sorry for Kentucky. Awesome dude. Uh, does a lot of great work in his community. You should totally help him out. Chris Bide for Alaska's congressman. Alaska has only one congressional house seat. And uh, Chris Bide would like to be that sole arbiter for freedom in the state of Alaska. Don't let Santa Claus win. Santa Claus is a socialist. You can't let him win. He also uses slave labor. Uh... Elves, we don't know that elves are there willingly. They're not. I don't know that they're volunteers. For all we know that elves are, you know, being held there against their will. So let's fight Santa Claus and get Chris by. We've also got notrealpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to find out how the show started, a little bit about the host. Um, merch, episodes, all that stuff's on the website. Go check it out. Look, downloadbrew.com, redemptiontactical.com. That's our link right there. Use that link. That's our special link. That's our friendly link. Use that. Curtainforcurrent.com slash donate. It's timealaska.com. Hashtag Chris for AK. Proudlibertarian.com is who we use for all of our merch now. Uh, LPVest.com. Hashtag AnarchyLoop. This, I am getting rained on. This is awesome. We'll see how long this lasts. I might have to cut this short. Yeah, I'm legit getting rained on. It's sideways rain. It was big rain. It was little rain. All the rain. Everything's getting wet. Yeah. Nixawall.com. Leave it for Hayward.us. <laughs> We're for Liberty.org. 
Will for okay.com. Because Will is anything, uh, he is okay. Yes, I will. Oh, yeah, I bet that sounds good on audio. That sounds amazing on audio. Just going to up here. Just to keep you from getting absolutely drenched through these monsoonal downpours. But, hey, you know it would be great content is if I get struck by lightning live. So, uh, hang out. Maybe I get struck by lightning. Really or won't maybe, maybe I drown. Who knows? I'm not a fish. I don't better drink. This has turned into a Muddy Waters production where everything is just going sideways. Hashtag Sandy used the slave labor. Yes, Sandy used the slave labor. We don't know that they're voluntary. We, I can almost guarantee that someone who gives away presents for free isn't paying them. So, you know, goodbye. Yes, welcome to Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so we're going to get to the news. Um, Obviously, being that this is my show, uh, we're going to talk about the gun legislation. Because, you know, if I don't do anything, it's not gun legislation. And it always gets shittier with time. You know, California's horrid. The rights. So, right now, whatever. We'll deal with that later. That's a, that's a later on problem. So, uh, this is a Reason.com uh, article. Uh, but it's talking about how California has enacted some gun control uh, that is modeled after the Texas heartbeat bill. I believe it was the yeah, bill, bill. Oh wow! I believe it was the heartbeat bill. It's the bill that stirred up a lot of controversy, where Texas is basically creating a bounty system for people to turn on their neighbors. Because no dystopian future is correct without your neighbors selling you out for a few hundred bucks. So California has decided to play the same game with gun control. Because what they now realize is that as long as it's not the government that's enforcing it and it's your neighbors, they can get away with a lot of work shit. So yesterday California's enacted uh, SB thirteen twenty seven, a gun control law deliberately modeled on Texas SB eight, the anti abortion law. The purpose of both is to evade judicial review by delegating enforcement exclusively to private quote-unquote bounty hunters, thereby making it difficult for people who's rather targeted to uh, file, basically, to challenge it in the, uh, the state Supreme Court or, you know, federal court or whatever. If it's not the government that's enforcing it, um, and, it's, and it's average Americans, it, we've seen it through President, like, you know, where Texas has done it. We have now opened up an entire can of worms that no one was prepared for. Um, you can violate any rights that you want to, as long as it's not the state that's enforcing it. I mean, the state is enforcing it, but they're not actively enforcing it. And what I mean by that is that your neighbors who are turning you in, and the cops just show up. Uh, they're not actively looking for people who are doing these things. They just say they're passing the responsibility on to average Americans. So with that, it is kind of a weird legal gray area. Uh, <clears throat> this is not something we've ever dealt with before. Um, and there, I can't think of any other law where people just report other people and get a monetary compensation for it. Um, yeah, there's like littering and stuff like that, but you're not talking about you know prison time or you know massive lawsuits. 
The in in induction continues. First lizard in the window while driving. Now random monsters. We're not going to talk about the lizard. That. That's that's a long story. Hashtag tomorrow bootleg problems. What's up, Liz? There you go. Liz in the comments. The party now. So, like SB8, California targets a wide range of people. It doesn't simply authorize lawsuits against buyers and sellers of the weapons in question, which California's already allowed you to sue a firearm manufacturer because you don't like them, which is fucking stupid. But welcome to the United States in 2022. It's, we, we live in the worst possible timeline. But uh, so, so instead of it specifically targeting the buyers or the sellers, but anyone who, quote unquote, within the state may manufacture or cause to be manufactured, distribute, transport, or import into the state, or cause to be distributed, transported, or imported into the state, keep for sale, offer for exp uh, offer or expose for sale, or give or lend any of the weapons covered by the law. If, for example, you lend one of these guns to a friend or a relative for an hour or two, or cause someone else to do so, how do you cause someone to borrow a gun? You might be liable. And, as with the Texas law, the liability here starts at $10,000, but could easily grow. This is meant to deter people from taking the risk of being sued in order to try to vindicate their rights in court. Even a small chance of defeat might carry a hefty uh, expedited yeah, it's just a heavy price tag. They're, they're looking to financially break people so that you won't be able to buy guns. They're going to look to break gun stores because they sold a gun to a person who was legally allowed to have that firearm but used it for nefarious manners. They're going to go after those gun stores with lawsuits, hit them with a $10,000 starting fine because if, you know, COVID didn't do anything, it just showed how fragile mom and pop, you know, smaller businesses are. Um, so what will happen eventually in the state of California is you will only see major retailers such as Dick's Sporting Goods, or not Dick's, Dick's, not Dick's anymore, they, they, uh, they pretty much put selling firearms, but places like Bass Pro, Cabela's, um, Walmart still sells firearms and ammunition. These will be the only retailers who, who will be able to sell this stuff because they can afford the $10,000 lawsuit if some nut job decides to do something stupid with it. So. Democrats care so much about shrinking businesses that they're going to give gun business to corporations exclusively. Again. Uh, the California law is a direct result of the Supreme Court's murky December 2021 ruling blocking some possible pathways to challenge the Texas law but potentially leaving others open against, safe, against state officials that might play some role in enforcing it. As I and others have long predicted, if the Texas SB8 ploy is not definitively repealed by the court, it can serve as a model for states seeking to undermine a wide range of constitutional rights, including those valued by conservatives as well as liberals. California has now done exactly that. What we've seen is Republicans took an idea, which was to take the enforcing and the policing of something and give it to the population. California's not doing the same thing with something very different. We could see something as easy, something as nefarious as hate speech laws being enforced in the United States, not by police or not by federal agents, 
but by your neighbors. We are we are approaching a very dangerous time in the United States where riots are now under actual threat of just being bypassed. We can sidestep the entire process of having individual rights by just saying, well, your neighbors are, are watching you. I don't trust my fucking neighbors. That's why I lock my doors or not. That's why I lock my truck. That's why vehicles have keys. That's why your house has keys. I don't trust my fucking neighbors. Why Why should the government... It, it, it all comes down to the simple fact that they found the easiest way to do what they wanted to. Plain and simple. Instead of doing the right thing and providing education on these things, providing actual training, providing solutions that are long-term beneficial to everybody. They chose the easy, lazy route that gets a lot of clicks on the internet and makes them look good for the next election time. They don't give a shit whether you die by a gun or not. Every time every time a, an American is shot and killed on the news by a firearm, a Democrat gets an extra bump in the polls. I think it's 2%. 2%. That's a lot. Every time the news talks about a, a gun death or gun legislation. So, Gavin Newsom is quite possibly one of the dumbest, most corrupt people I've ever seen. Um, California is on the, on, the, on the fast track to just me pushing it out to the sea. I'm not going to wait for the, the, the great earthquake to push it out. We may just need to just like start chiseling away at the border and just help nature take its course. But, to its credit, the ACLU, which greatly, no, I'm sorry, which is generally sympathetic to gun control, opposes this bill because of the danger of extending the SB8 model. They even, even the ACLU, who does not give a shit about individual rights, they they care more about collective justice anymore. Even the ACLU, who backs very prominent anti-gun Democrats is saying that this is a bad idea. Starting a new precedent of sidestepping the Constitution and, and individual rights is a bad precedent to set, which it is. We knew that was a bad thing in Texas. We are saying it's a bad thing now in California. And it's just it's just a matter of time until we see it nationwide, um, unless we stop it now. We have to push back and say, no, we're not going to allow these things to go down. Let's see. Conservative gun rights advocates, oh God, that's not a real thing. That's a made up phrase, conservative gun rights advocates. Um, that's that's like a unicorn. That's not a real thing. Uh, advocates may control themselves, uh, comfort themselves with the notion that SB 1327 isn't much of a threat because those threatened by it can feel confident. Prevailing in the court against bounty hunter plaintiffs. Thanks to the Supreme Court's recent Bruin decision bolstering the Second Amendment rights. Such confidence is misplaced as my co-bloggers, names off a bunch of people, uh, both Second Amendment experts and longtime gun rights advocates, have explained Bruin still permits a wide range of gun regulations and boundaries of the right it protects are often fuzzy. Rights were supposed to be the easy part. I mean... This, these were supposed to be things that we understood as a society, and we understood that you don't have to use those rights. You have the right to free speech. You don't have to use it. There's no one holding a gun to your head saying you have to. You have a right to religion. No one's forcing you to go to church. 
there's you have a right to assemble. No one's forcing you to go to a protest or a riot. You have the right to own a firearm. No one is forcing you to buy a gun. You have all of these rights. No one is forcing you to use them. However, we have seen it as such an opposition to having individual rights as a society as a whole because we can't allow other people to do things with their rights that we don't agree with. So we must destroy our rights as well as theirs because as we've seen, the pendulum swings in two directions and it's never in the favor of the American people long term. It's always to the Democrats and then back to the Republicans, back to the Democrats, back to the Republicans. And at the end of the day, the people who are eating it completely are the average American citizens. And this does not include the wealthy. The wealthy can provide for themselves for whatever they want to. You have enough money in this country, you can buy what you want. That's why Matt Gates still hasn't been brought up on formal charges for fucking grooming high school girls. I mean... As long as you have enough money, you can do what you want. So the rich, rich people can buy machine guns. They can buy what they want to. They can, they can own whatever firearm they want to. This is not targeting rich Americans with guns. This is targeting poor Americans who would like to have a gun for dire protection needs. These aren't people who are... The people who are targeted the most by gun legislation are not the people who would be considered the nut jobs by CNN who have... 500 firearms at about 17 billion rounds. These are the people who are buying a pistol for self-defense, and that's the only thing they own. They have just enough ammo to fill a magazine and a few extra rounds for training. That's it. All gun legislation targets those people. I'll, I'll talk shit about Florida since I'm here. Florida has a three-day waiting period, which is one of the most egregious things that I know about Florida's gun laws because your need for a firearm doesn't wait three days. If a female feels threatened in her life, she should be able to go buy a gun that day and no questions are asked. Period. Cut, dry, simple. However, because we have to care about emotions and feelings and, you know, I don't like you that you're using it for this or whatever. Now we have to live this world where we are now paying people to rat on their neighbors. I thought the cool thing at one point in time was, you know, snitches get stitches, but apparently it's just, we're going to give you a fat stack of cash if you rat on your neighbor, Johnny, for buying a gun. Or, you know, Susie, because she wouldn't have an abortion across state lines. So the, the, the reason I bring this article up is the danger at which the president is being set where we can now just side skirt the, the Supreme Court or state courts, for that matter. We can now just directly target people's rights. And, we, and because, you know, we're not sending cops out to directly enforce it, they can do what they want to. That long term, that is the worst possible outcome, is that more rights are targeted with this, and they will be. It, it, that's, that is always the trend. Is It always stems to worse and worse and worse. It never gets better. If you still think the Patriot Act is not currently being used against American citizens, I have some fucking breaking news for you. Number one, you're a fucking idiot. And number two, the U.S. government was never going to give up the, the powers they gave themselves to spy on you 
day and night with the Patriot Act. This can't, the, 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 the computer I'm using right now, it's quite possibly being used to record me. This, the camera sitting in front of me, my cell phone, your cell phone, every device is being used to watch you by the federal government because they gave themselves those powers. They didn't tell you about it. They didn't want you to know about it. They will stomp on every right that you have until nothing exists. This bill, SB8, and the, the, the new progression of using that style of legislation to trample rights is just going to expedite it. They used to have to work in the shadows to trample your rights. Now, Americans are asking for it. You people are begging for your rights to be stripped away from you piece by piece. And it's not even going to be piece by piece anymore. It's going to be whole ass chunks ripped out of your hands. And you people are clamoring for it. You're begging for it. You want more of it because you don't understand that you attack your neighbor, that neighbor will be able to attack you right back. It, using politics as a cudgel against your neighbor ends in only one way, and it's never pretty. So to continue on, Vox did an article. The headline is, Rape and incest abortion exceptions don't really exist which is true and is also untrue. There are many states that have clauses built into where a medical abortion can be, uh, can be administered if it is life-threatening to the mother, if it is a rape or incest situation. However, their point is that all these women who are being raped and end up conceiving children are getting abortions, which is statistically not true. I think it... If you look at the data, it comes down to two out of ten women who are raped and conceive a child actually have an abortion, which is their right. They're allowed to do that. But to pretend two in ten is the majority of Americans is blatantly false. And it's not promoting this ideal mindset of if, if your point is to say that abortion is a human right, you don't take the smallest minority of people who are using that right to promote it being a right. So we're going to get into the article. The case of a 10-year-old Ohio rape survivor who traveled to Indiana to obtain an abortion drew national attention to Ohio's near-total abortion ban, which does not allow abortions even in cases of rape or incest. Ohio isn't unusual. Despite, despite broad agreement amongst Americans that victims of rape should be allowed to obtain an abortion, nearly all of the states with abortion bans do not make exceptions for rape or incest. Out of the 13 states with abortion bans in effect, only a few of them have these exceptions. Mississippi has an exception for rape, but not for incest. It's Mississippi. It's all incest. While South Carolina and Georgia's exceptions extend to both, Oklahoma has passed multiple bans, some with exceptions, some without, and it's still unclear which takes precedence. So a few of the states that they're showing, uh, I've got a map here that they're showing. Um, Texas is one of the states with no exceptions. Mississippi, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, Georgia, Florida, West Virginia, and that is it. 
And then there are there are states like Oklahoma that have some exceptions. Alabama has some exceptions. South Carolina has some exceptions. Um, This that was for rape or incest. So yeah, so they've got they've got a bunch of different charts, and they, they love their pictures because, um, you know, when you have the mental capacity of a fucking child, you need pretty pictures to make your point, to make it appeal onto your your reading base. So the modern rape and incest exception dates back to 1959 when a legal research group, the American Law Institute, wrote model abortion legislation for states. I don't think it was model, but okay. Republicans among uh, adopted the language as a compromise as they reformed their abortion legislation, while most anti-abortion groups oppose the rape and incest exceptions outright. They have argued that the manner in which a child is conceived does not matter and have been suspicious of women who claim to be victims of sexual assault. The anti-abortion movement wanted to preserve the status quo, which was at the time that arbitration, I'm sorry, ar not arbitration, that abortion was a crime throughout pregnancy unless uh, a pregnant person's life was at risk, said Mary Zagler, an expert on use of abortion history and a professor at the University of California Davis School of Law. That is a really, really specific part of American history to focus on. An expert on U.S. abortion history. Was there a long list of people that they were like wanting to see who was going to be the foremost expert on U.S. abortion history? I mean, that's what, 50, 60 years of history that you probably could throw on a one-page piece of paper and hand it out to people. I think that's a really weird flex, bro. Really weird flex. Over time, some anti-abortion groups came to tolerate the politicians who opposed abortion and paid lip service to exemptions out of political necessity. And it was politically useful. Every Republican presidential candidate since Roe was decided in 1973, including Donald Trump, has said they support the exception. Most Americans would already support it. The problem is, is that most Americans are also fucking uneducated on the entire situation and don't know the basis of what it is that they want. I have watched tons and tons of footage of Democrats talking about how, you know, 10 weeks should be the starting point at which you stop allowing abortions. Uh, but then they'll say things like, you know, first trimester, third trimester, second trimester, whatever, and not knowing that these things coincide differently. So, um, it's, it's, it all, it all stems back to Americans not knowing the actual legislation that is being passed. They have no idea that um, what the actual numbers are because they just read an article from Vox and they think that's the living truth. Or they'll read an article from Fox News or they'll watch Tucker Carlson and he'll sit there and explain to you why green M&Ms should continue to be sexy. Um, but we, we need to start providing actual solid information to people, not biased information. Not stuff that spins it politically, where just raw, unfiltered truth. And I'm, I'm going to say something that's super controversial. Abortion is killing a human. I don't give a shit what you want to call it. The reason people say it's not a person is it makes them feel better about doing it. It's still killing a fucking person, bro. But I still agree with your right to do it. You can't, you can't have your, your cake and eat it too, right? I mean... 
do I understand as a, as a gun rights advocate that guns will still eventually kill people? Yes, there's always that risk. That will always exist. But pretending and trying to justify your behavior by redefining terms is not beneficial. Because number one, you look like an asshole because you're now changing the entire language and science to fit your narrative. And number two, you look uneducated because you can't say an embryo is not a human. That is the definition of the beginning of a human. So, with that, um, so there's an overwhelming public support for allowing victims of rape to obtain abortions. A recent Pew Research Center poll found that 96, nice, 96% of Americans, including 56% of Republicans and 83% of Democrats, said that abortion should be permitted when the pregnancy is the result of rape. But anti-abortion activists who have been influential in state abortion debates have pushed for legislation that defines public opinion. I like how the first line of that entire paragraph basically says working at the state level is much more beneficial than working at the federal level. Just keep that in mind uh, next time you want to cry about who the fuck the president is. Work in your own fucking community. Anyways, Students for Life of America urged Republicans in 2019 to rethink the exception. A child conceived in rape is still a child. We won't blame the children for other matters outside of their control. Why should we do so here? Because it's not just one person that's involved. There's many people involved in this. But yes, um, the Republican Senate candidate in Ohio, J.D. Vance, said last fall that two wrongs don't make a right to explain his opposition to abortion in cases of rape or incest. In 2019, former Iowa rep Stephen King uh, defended abortion bans without exception by arguing that without pregnancies from rape or incest, there wouldn't be any population in the world left. What in the actual fuck? How high does Stephen King think the rape and incest like percentages are in the United States? Like, does he think that's a common occurrence? Like, we're just out here, like everyone's just a rape, a product of rape or incest. The population's got. I mean, I don't. I don't know what the actual number is. I'm not gonna lie to you, but the, it can't be high. It can't be so staggeringly high that if we actually stopped rape and incest the entire population would die off. Now, for a lot of guys who don't know what they're doing, uh, or, you know, that are in really shitty relationships, um, it may feel like rape. But, you know, people are into it. Um, I don't kink shame. I mean, I'm raped every single day. I mean, every time I go to work, I mean, half of my paycheck's taken and given to the government, so I feel like I've been raped. But, you know, would government be a product of rape then? So can we ab abort the federal government? Like, oh. I'll, I'll read into legislation on that one. Uh, yeah, the exceptions have been more useful as a political fig leaf. One that makes uh, draconian, oh, draconian, fucking Democrats and their fucking draconian word. They love that shit because it makes them sound more intimidating. And they're just a bunch of fucking blue-haired weirdos that sit online and just shout at people like I do. Uh, bans seem less punitive than as a way of meaningfully gaining access to abortion for anyone. Yes. The vast majority of people who seek abortions in states with restrictions won't be eligible under these exceptions. Abortion rights advocates are leery of the exceptions and implications that there are good and bad reasons for receiving an abortion. 
and as caveats meant to protect the life of the mother have shown the existence of an exemption doesn't make it easier or uncomplicated to get an abortion even for those who are theoretically qualified. Uh, yes, there are good reasons and bad reasons for doing things. That's how life works. You can make good decisions and bad decisions. Going to a gun store and buying a gun because you're cheating ass wife, you're going to take care of that bitch and her boyfriend, that's a bad reason. Going to a gun store and buying a gun for self-defense to protect you and your family, that's a good reason. <laughs> this, this blanket statement of there's no such thing as good and bad is stupid. You don't have to agree with it. You can be a bad reason. But it doesn't mean that we should ban it. There are bad things that happen every single day. Banning it will never stop it. It was unclear how many people seeking abortions need them due to rape or incest. Many uh, states don't require clinics to collect or submit this information, and survivors are typically reluctant to report that they've been abused. A 2005 analyst, uh, an analysis of two surveys involving about 1,200 women from the Gut Matcher Institute, Gumacher, found that 1% of women who had obtained abortion said that they were victims of rape, and less than half a percent reported that their pregnancy was a result of incest. So once again, you're talking about a very, very small minority of people who are getting these things. A very, very small part. And they're going to blow this up into, like, this is the reason why abortion should be illegal in the United States. Uh, abortion shouldn't be illegal. It shouldn't be illegal. The government shouldn't have a fucking say in it. Once again, we're, we're pretending that legality means that it will be better for people. It doesn't. We're watching as Oregon, or not Oregon, uh, Portland in Oregon, uh, has legalized uh, drugs. No, they decriminalized everything. They didn't legalize them because when you legalize uh, certain things, it comes with restrictions, regulations, and taxes, and more fees, and fines, and then you've got to have people who are licensed, and it just makes the entire thing much, much more expensive and tedious, and it slows down the entire process. When you decriminalize it and you just stop going after people for it, it makes it much more effective. People will do the right thing. They'll look to make it you know, their business more profitable with those services because it turns out people want to make money, but they don't want to literally, you know, screw people over to do it unless they work for the government, in which case they will screw everybody over to do it. Let's get to the comments here. See. Yes, I did get this cut from Bucky's. It's a very beautiful cut. Their pricing is actually really low. I'd like to see how they pull it off because um, they sell fuel for like 20 cents cheaper than anybody else. I think we stopped. Um, I think it was outside of Atlanta. I think it was the first Bucky's we stopped at. And they were like legitimately 20 cents cheaper on diesel than the gas station across the street. I don't know how they do it. It's magic. Kind of like, a, oh, I've got it. The people who, uh, who sell Arizona iced tea that have still kept the tea at 99 cents a can, those people run Bucky's. That's what it is. I guarantee it. Also, these are the people that should be running the country because if we have to have somebody running the country, it should be them because they have figured out how to beat inflation. It's either like they're sacrificing virgins in their basement or like magic, but they figured it out. Even the dollar store has succumbed to inflation. 
but let it be an individual decision. Yes. Yeah, everything should be an individual decision. Nobody else should ever make a decision for you. And what's really been funny, which I love hearing this because it's so blatantly stupid, is that women will go online and say, well, you know, show me a law where, you know, they, they say what, you know, men have to do with their bodies. Absolutely. Uh, it's called the draft. I'm sorry you can't get an abortion. But, you know, that 18-year-old kid who can no longer buy guns or buy booze or tobacco, you're going to send his ass off to go fight and die, more than likely, because drafts are usually used in very... Uh, uh, in, in situations where they struggle to bring people in willingly, so they just start kidnapping people. But so yes, uh, men exclusively have a law that forces them into servitude for the federal government, which it, to put them into situations where they will more than likely die. But yes, uh, women are super oppressed in this country, so much so that they can sell pictures of their feet online and make a million dollars. So awesome. And it goes on and goes on and goes on. It becomes a very long, tedious process of them crying about 1% of people not being able to obtain something rather than doing the actual work that we require to fix these things. Democrats could absolutely right now pass legislation at the federal level allowing for abortion to be legal nationwide. They won't because Americans are too fucking stupid to realize that if they did that, the Democrats would lose a majority of their platform. Why would they give up an entire section of their platform just to do the right thing? They don't want you idiots crying and marching and pouting about it online. Because then they know that their voting base is going to turn up to vote for them, and they're still not going to do a goddamn thing for you. They haven't for the last 100 years. They're not going to for the next 200 years, if we make it that far. Same thing with Republicans. Republicans will talk and talk and talk about gun legislation and how we have to be the, uh, how Republicans have to be the, the arbiters of firearms. But then Ronald Reagan comes along and bans guns. Donald Trump comes along and just bans shit because he can. When are people going to wake up and realize they are not your friends? They don't give a flying shit about you. They don't. They never have and they never will. So stop pretending like they do. Nancy Pelosi don't give a shit if you can have an abortion or not. She'll say whatever she needs to to make sure that you show up like a good little idiot and vote for Now, this is one I really wanted to do because it was, it's so stupid that the way that it's written, but it's actually really interesting. And I was fairly drunk when I picked this article. I picked this like last night or the night before. But it's actually, it's kind of interesting, mostly because I hate my job and would love to be able to do something like this because it's cheap and easy. I don't know. I'm just saying dumb shit now, I guess. But um, it's literally an article about how a stripper is going viral for sharing exactly how much money she makes in a year. And apparently it's eye-opening. Uh, I think everyone knew that strippers made pretty good money. Except for your mom. And we all feel bad for her. So, uh, I'm not going to say that name. It's made up. And I'm not going to say it correctly. It's a 29-year-old based in Perth, Australia, and, re and recently she's been going viral on TikTok for sharing an extremely detailed breakdown of what she makes in a year working as an exotic dancer. 
Uh, in a video that's been viewed over 3 million times on TikTok, uh, she has shared her uh, spreadsheet where she tracks every dollar she makes on on every night that she works, including which day of the week it was and even what color wig she wore. Why the fuck does that matter? In the video, she says the total I made in this entire year was $98,033. Oh, $98,033, later clarifying... And I do want to say before you all come at me, yes, I do have to pay tax on all of these dollars. Yeah. Explain that her take home is more like eighty thousand, about fifty-five thousand uh, in U.S. dollars, which isn't bad. Fifty-five, it sounds low, but it, when you look, when we get into kind of more of the details, it'll make a little more sense. She works a lot less than most people do and makes better money. And so. Uh, ta -ta 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 -ta. It goes into talking about how she says that she worked a total of 93 days. 93 days out of the 365, which is about 1.8 days per week. So let's just call it two and uh, say that I took some weeks off. The average amount I made is not. I worked was just over $1,000, which sounds really good. But the scope on that is huge. The worst night I had this year was $65. And the best night I had this year was 3410 So, yeah, when you ask a stripper how much they make, they go, it really depends. And they're not fucking kidding. You know what this sounds like to me? Automotive work. Mechanics will go three or four weeks without having a lot of work because the economy is what it is. And then they'll go a few months making fat paychecks because the work's there. When you work per the job or per the boner, uh, you know, the it, it is. It does depend on who's showing up. If people show up, the money will show up. If people aren't showing up, the money won't show up. Mm -mm -mm -mm. In the comments, people are praising her detailed record keeping and loving this inside look at the often misunderstood world of sex work. I don't think it's really misunderstood. I mean, who's confused about what strippers do? I mean, I don't think it's misunderstood. I think it's misappropriated maybe like people like misattributed to being something bad and it's not i mean if if some dude is literally willing to throw money at a chick for shaking her ass do it let him do it i mean it, a fool and his money are soon to part let him make some money off of it why not many commenters also want to know which wig was her biggest money maker so she shared a follow-up revealing that her fluorescent yellow hair seems to reel in the big bucks I don't have to hustle when I wear the the fluoro, F L U O R O. Fluoro, I, I guess that's a brand. I wear a lot of wigs, as you can tell. Um, so excuse me for getting the name wrong. I have people uh, see me and they go, "Wow, I want to dance with that fluoro girl." What the fuck is a fluoro? I'm gonna Google that right now because I've got to know. That's insanely weird. That's probably a name that she made up. Apparently, it's in the dictionary under Oxford languages, combining from representing fluorine, F-L-U-O-R-I-N-E, representing fluorescence. I hate this fucking planet. I want off. It's a fluorescent fucking wig. It's bright colored hair. 
We don't need a fucking word for it. And so she's done more videos since then, sharing uh, how her spreadsheet is set up and the financial steps she's taken with her income to set aside money for the future. See, the, the really impressive thing is not that she's making all this money. It's, it's the, the time that she took to do all of this work. She's basically being an accountant. She's doing itemization. She's tracking how much she made on certain days. Like She's, she's doing analytic work on her stripping uh, career, you know, profession, whatever. So she's, that's, I think, really, honestly, the more impressive thing because you have to keep up with that stuff. Like, if you're going to do an accurate spreadsheet, you have to do it daily. You can't just throw it off for six months and then you'll forget all the information. You have to record it every single time. Um, and the fact that she has it broken down in such a detailed way that she can tell you which wigs make her more money says more about her entrepreneurship than it does about her skills as a stripper. Because if you're able to look at the data and say, oh, this works better for me, I'm going to keep doing this. Or, you know, saying, oh, these nights are shit nights. These, I'm not going to make money here, so let's not do this. I'll spend more time focused on these days, blah, 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 blah. So this is actually a really interesting thing, and I would actually encourage a lot of people to keep more logs like this for the simple reason that if you're able to track what is working for you financially, it allows you to make better judgments as far as how to make a good income. I'm not someone who makes a ton of money, but when you see a good idea, you can recognize a good idea. So, I mean, she, so she goes into um, talking about, uh, so this is a direct quote from her. There, There's also a lot of misconceptions and lying about stripping income on social media. I'm sure there are many girls who fake their income to look more impressive. I wanted to showcase my genuine figures to give people their, a true idea of what's real. Uh, you know, use my spreadsheets to back up my claims. I'm sure there's still people who might doubt me, blah, blah, blah. But I don't give a shit what you make. That's, that's your business. I don't need to see it. But I, I, like I said, I do think it's super cool. And she's even got uh, how she was paid. She's got, how, yeah, she's got how she was paid for everything. Um, so it's like I'm seeing transactions for eBay, uh, AliExpress, PayPal, debit card, debit card, AliExpress, online, PayPal, PayPal, PayPal. So that's actually really, it's really, really impressive. Um, like, this is the stuff that they would, I assume that they teach you in business school. Like, the first thing you're going to do is need to start tracking these metrics. This is something they teach you. In. And uh, if you go into an IT field, these are one of the big things that they teach you, especially when you're trying to optimize, do optimization for, like, a website or an application. Um, you need to know what's working for you, what's not. And then you can actually change your, your direction to reflect what is working for you and what's not. So this, uh, I'll, give her, I'll give her props. Um She's, I, I doubt she's shaking her ass to get through uh, medical school. She might be looking to, you know, start a business, which would be a good idea. She's got the mindset for it already. I mean, she's she's doing everything right, in my opinion. So I'll I say, you know, she should uh, look into starting something. Because there's no greater feeling than to work for nobody but yourself. Starting your own business, having your own brand, having your own legacy is far more beneficial than having a paycheck. Because the, your paycheck is your company's paycheck when you own your own company. So...
and it goes on and on and on. And it just it talks more about like average earnings uh, per day of the week. So on a Friday, she made one thousand three hundred fifty-five dollars and ninety-three cents. On a Saturday, she made one thousand three hundred six dollars and nine cents. Thursday is seven hundred thirty-one dollars and eighty-three. Who in the fuck is at a strip club on a Thursday? Don't you people have better things to do with your life? $731.83 on a Thursday. Who's getting torn up at the titty bar on Thursday? Wednesday, $661.89. Go to sleep. It's a school night. You have work in the morning. Uh, she says that since she has, uh, since she only has to work a couple of days of the week, she's able to devote more time to her studies and pursue creative endeavors, which is good. She said her first bachelor's was in music technology, and I also spend some of my time writing and uh, producing pop music. Uh, <laughs> producing pop music about strippers. I release music under the name M-I-K-I, Mickey. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You do really good business work. Uh, so... What's her other degrees? Because it says. So her first bachelor's was in music technology. How many bachelors she's got? Like how many and what are they in? But it doesn't say, which is really depressing because that's actually more impressive than, you know, making money stripping. But. And now we're going to finish off with some sports ball talk. Uh, this is probably where I'll lose most everybody because sports ball is not for the nerds of the LP. But, you know, it's my show. I do what I want. So, so Tennessee fans got their way. And now the chickens have come home to roost. So, for those who don't know, uh, Tennessee is a football program based out of Knoxville for the University of Tennessee. It has massively sucked since the 90s. It has been one of the most struggling programs in the SEC and gets completely obliterated every single year. But we are still in the SEC. So, therefore, we're better than most of the teams in the NCAA, especially Notre Dame. So, it says the fan tantrum of 2017 led the Vols, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, led the Vols, led to the Vols Jeremy Pruitt debacle and a new notice of allegations revealed the full extent of damage. Tennessee has a long history of hiring bad coaches for the program. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. He's now uh, offensive coordinator in Alabama. No, he's not an offensive coordinator. He's like the recruiting coach in Alabama. But he left Tennessee back in the early 2000s and left the school with a three-year suspension on recruiting and restrictions because – they were more eager to have this guy brought in and whatever. So, so the the first paragraph starts off with how successful was the vigilante charge to quote unquote take back our program? Can't imagine where they got that slogan from. Uh, resulting in the hiring of an empty suit athletic director and a dumb bulb coach who not only lost but cheated with abandon. How does it feel nearly five years later to know that you greased the skids for what now definitively can be called the worst football hire of the 21st century in the Southeastern Conference? Eh, RG3 still floats around there, but uh, RG3 is quite possibly one of the worst hires that Washington did. 
Um, they, he gave them one okay season and has done dilly shit since. So he's not winning championships at Tennessee. But to say it's the worst hire, mm, it's a stretch. At least Chad Morris just lost. He didn't leave Arkansas facing major sanctions, too. Go paint it on your rock. We blew it with Pruitt. And so, I'm not going to get into the whole article because a lot of people don't want to hear about football, even though football season is coming up very close, and I'm super excited. The, the point that I wanted to make with this article is that it's not just politics where Americans are very short-sighted and ignorant about the information. It was so, people or people will rush, <clears throat> people will rush into this mob mentality and push somebody out for the wrong reasons and bring somebody else in for the wrong reasons as well. I have seen many programs struggle because of the same mindset. And it's not just with football. It's with every sport. It's with politics. It's with careers. It's with employment. It's everything. You get enough people together with shitty ideas and they will make themselves think that it's a great idea. So, I guess the moral of this story in this article is that there is something fundamentally broken in the U.S. system right now. There is some kind of cultural shift that we have to push for to push people into doing the work themselves, doing the research, and finding actual options. Um, just pushing for the best option now is not always a good option. You can always say it. You know, it's a turd sandwich and a douchebag. I don't have to choose between the two. I can go somewhere else. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's 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 the same thing as watching American politics, watching how sports fans react to certain things. There is a there is a connection there. There's a bridge that flows over some some thin water. Um. It's the this the quick snap. It's the it's a oh we haven't won this season. We got a new coach. We're gonna we're gonna lose our minds and destroy the entire thing. And we're gonna pout and cry. Whatever. Doing you know being successful takes a long time. Nobody is successful overnight, and it's successful for a long time. What creates generational success? Um, you know you, you've got these one hit wonders that you know will show up, will be huge stars, and then disappear just as quickly. Um, if you there's a, there's a certain gentleman named Tim Tebow who came out of uh, who played for the Florida Gators, huge star in in college. I mean, his name was monumental; everyone knew him. Super big success. Where is he now? Well, he's not really playing a lot of football. He is, but not really. Um, he he blew up quick and faded out just as quickly. He played I think three games in the NFL, and everyone then knew. He was done. He wasn't going to play much longer than that. So, um, but it, it's this—it's the short-term gains that Americans are pushing for that's killing us. It is—it's not the long-term solutions. It's the short-term, the here, the now, the short attention span. We've got to fix this problem here now. I want something done now. It's not the okay. Maybe we need to do sixteen things to fix it correctly, so that way it doesn't hurt us later. No, it's we want something now, so we're going to, um, we're, we're going to, uh, we'll push for this piece of legislation that does what I want to now, and then turns out nobody read the fucking legislation, and it did a whole bunch of horrid shit that nobody really approved of, and then the pointing and name calling and blaming 
follows because once again it's easier to blame somebody else for your mistakes for you being an ignorant piece of shit than to just say i fucked up i didn't read the legislation i wanted pushed that's not just at the political level, like at, at, at the federal level that's everywhere that's state local county in your own home people saying oh well that looks like a great piece of legislation i think we should totally do this short term it's always short term so Americans have to start changing how we deal with issues. It can't be it can't be a here and now fix. You can't put a band-aid on a gunshot wound. So we've got to start finding real solutions to things. We have to start doing the research. We have to start trying. We have to start working at the local level first. We can't fix everything at the federal level. Actually, I'll make the argument that we can't fix anything at the federal level because the federal government isn't capable of fixing a damn thing. The only thing they could fix is probably a race. I don't mean a political race, I like a running race. And even then, they'd probably fuck that up. So, at the end of the day, uh, so we're, we're at that point now where I'm going to go ahead and give my piece of advice for that, which is be honest to the information, be honest to yourself, be honest to the fucking truth. Because if without that, nothing else matters. We can lie, cheat, and steal our way into winning political victories. But the honesty has to win out. Is it hard to talk to people about policies that you don't agree with? Absolutely. Does it make you uncomfortable? Absolutely. Does it make you uncomfortable talking about policies you don't fully understand? Yes, but you know what you do? You just say, you know what? I'm not well-versed on it. People will respect you for saying you don't know something versus bullshitting your way through it. Talking out of your ass makes you look like an ass. So at the end of the day, be honest with people. Do your research. Study more. It's, it's easier. I had that whole thing... That banner on the entire screen for the whole. That's some good promo right there. I don't know who that is, but they got some good promo time. Do the research. Find your own information. Encourage being challenged by other people. Don't be afraid of someone pushing back against you. Don't now don't don't find someone who's hostile about it. Find someone who's actually willing to talk through their ideas with you. Find someone who's willing to push you hard. Um the same thing goes with find people who are willing to lift you up. Find you a team of people that are willing to push you and help you grow and do better. And I'd, I'd like to say that that's the one thing I've done in this network that make that makes sense. Like I've surrounded myself with people who are fantastic people, from Christine to Braxton to Susie Q, who's now our new secretary. So if you want to get on a show, you've got to email secretary at notrealpodcast.com. She is killing it at the secretary game. Uh, the meme whore is killing at the meme game. I mean, she's, um, we hung out with her last night, but she's, you know, there are people that hit her up all the time for stuff. And these are people I can trust. Like these are people I can reach out to and I talk to on a regular basis. And, you know, family might be a weird word, uh, but it's like a foster home for ideas. I mean, we all just hang out and talk and, um, we, we, we have each other's backs, but, um, you know, you, you do have to find people who are going to push against you. Having a life where you just skate through easy peasy isn't good. It doesn't develop you. It doesn't challenge you. It doesn't help you grow. Same way as you can't surround yourself with people who, who you're going to disagree with all the time because you do need people to have you back, people that are going to help help push you forward. So it's finding that balance, and you may never find the, the best balance, but find a balance. Just surrounding your people, just surrounding yourself with people that agree with you all the time is horrible. It's a stupid way to live, because then you never learn how to talk to people. You never learn how to 
present your arguments, your ideas, or your standards on what you think should be done. The same way, you know, if if you only surround your people, surround yourself with people that disagree, you'll see no hope for the future, and you'll see everything is pessimistic. But with that, um, I don't have anything else I really want to talk about. It's uh, you know, we're okay, I guess. There you go. But ladies and gentlemen, it's hot. I got rained on. There's food waiting. So, uh, you know, I love y'all. Be free. Good liberty. And, uh, you know, good night.